Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. That morning was probably, I felt like that morning was the end of my life. You know, two, two most important people in this world were taken away from me. My mom was getting ready for work. I heard my mom scream. My dad yelled, what are you doing? And just gunshots just went off. Boom, 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 boom. Honestly, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I looked to see where am I gonna hide. You know, I didn't know if that person was standing there, you know, at my door. So I just, I went into my closet, turned on my cell phone, dialed 911. My parents were probably the greatest parents ever. Renee, is it your position that your parents were probably the greatest parents ever? Beyond the greatest parents ever. You talk about your parents in your journal. Yes. Please read it out loud to the jury. My mom reminds me of astrological sign Gemini, two-faced, good-for-nothing bitch. I hate my dad. I really don't know how much more I can take before someone makes me explode. Did you forget your hatred for your parents? It's not hatred, it's frustration as a teenager. She called me and she said, Auntie Jess, my parents have been shot. I thought to myself, what did you do? Detective Mark Johnson, my job is to get you through this polygraph as long as you're honest with me. Do you know for sure who shot your parents? No. Do you know who shot your parents in their bedroom? No. She may have not pulled the trigger, but I have no doubt she had everything to do with this. Test is over, please don't. You're not passing it, you're not failing it. 
The bottom line is Rene couldn't pass a polygraph. But enough about Rene. I'm done talking about Rene. We're going to put the focus back where it belongs, back on the defendant. Who was on trial here? Ronald Santiago. My name is Ronald Santiago, and he was the mortgage broker for the refinancing of my parents' house. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm Erin Moriarty. Tonight on 48 Hours. A daughter, a mortgage, and two murders. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 48 Hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield, don't worry, be warranty. It's taken more than eight years, but a suspect who seemed to come out of the blue is now on trial for the murders of Bernadette and Greg Olemacher. The defendant is charged with two counts of first-degree murder. The accused, a mild-mannered man who had been helping the couple get a mortgage, 47-year-old Ronald Santiago. I knew these people. I've worked with them in the past, and I was working with them then. But I had nothing to do with the murder. Bernadette and Greg met and married while both were in the U.S. Air Force, living for a time in Alaska. After retiring, they settled in this Albuquerque suburb, Paradise Hills, to be closer to Bernadette's extended family. The first thing that comes to my mind is that they were great people. They were fun people. You know, it was always just the three of us. My mom, my dad, me and my dog, <laughs> Sammy Joe. My mom was energetic and a very health nut type of person. She was my best friend. Bernadette went to work for the Federal Aviation Administration. 
Greg got a job with Xerox. My parents didn't have any enemies, that's the thing. You know, they, they uh, had nobody mad at them as far as I knew. Yet sometime after 5 a.m. on August 2nd, 2005, someone executed Bernadette and Greg Olemacher at close range. Uh, certainly the assailant could actually see the faces of the people uh, he took the lives of, and uh, they were confronted there in their bedroom. Former Albuquerque police spokesman John Walsh says Greg struggled with the killer before being shot in the back. Bernadette was hit in the chest as she stepped out of the shower. It was methodical. It didn't have the feel of something random. Renee, then 20 years old, called 911 from inside her bedroom closet. How many shots were fired? I think five or six. I was like half awake, half asleep. Upon arrival, police found no one in the house except Renee and the dog. It appears from this videotape that Renee was quite shaken up, almost unable to walk. When did you realize your parents were dead? I asked one of the cops. I said, you know, are, are they okay? Are they fine? He said, no, ma'am, both of them don't have a pulse. They're both dead. From the beginning, Renee cooperated with investigators. I was just like, do whatever you want. Go search my room. Do whatever you need to do. Figure it out. Had nothing to hide. But there was no sign of forced entry, so police wondered, how did a killer get in or out? Bernadette, as part of her morning routine, had already started the coffee and opened the back door. Is that where the killer might have entered? Or did someone climb a work ladder that was left leaning against the house? There were no fingerprints, no unidentified DNA left at the scene. And so Renee would have to be a suspect initially. Absolutely. Anytime that there's a, uh, a survivor at a scene, uh, your interest is looking in that direction. Hi, Renee. Detectives were not the only ones looking closely at Renee. Her behavior began raising the suspicions of her entire family, including her Aunt Jessica. Another one of my friends observed her texting during the funeral. Renee was texting during the funeral. Yeah. Her, her behavior was just not that of someone who just lost both parents in that way. Do you really think that Renee could have had anything to do with her parents' deaths? Speaking for myself, I do. You do? I do. This is your granddaughter. She is my granddaughter, but she was very nasty with me uh, when I would ask her about her mom. And she would say, well, I love my mom, but I really don't miss her. Is there supposed to be a book on how to grieve? Is there supposed to be, you know, certain guidelines on how you're supposed to deal with things? For the next several months, Renee moved around to the homes of different family members. Whispers followed until her aunt confronted her directly. I asked her, did you have anything to do with this? And her reaction to me was very calm and it was, no, I didn't. Did you believe her? I wanted to. I heard what she was saying, but her actions were speaking volumes different. Renee, who had no money of her own but wanted to attend an out-of-state college, seemed almost giddy about a possible inheritance from her parents' life insurance policies, an eventual windfall of more than half a million dollars. She came to my work a couple days later and, and excited as all can be and said, guess what I did today? And I said, what? She goes, I went and test drove Beamers. A BMW? Yeah. I, I didn't know what to say. I was sick. 
was Renee aware that she would benefit financially from her parents' deaths? I believe she was. Her mom didn't keep any secrets from her. With no other suspects, Renee's relatives began to scrutinize her every move, like the first call she made after hearing the gunshots. Greg's brother Randy in Ohio found it very odd. Why a 20-year-old would not understand or not know that when there's gunshots going off, you call 911 is, is quite troubling. Before Renee dialed 911, she first called a local 242 cops number. She was buying time. You need to think and look where the digits are in correspondence to the letters. Why not 911? Yeah, because I thought that you could get through faster or something for some reason. I didn't know what to do. I was in a world of shock. And why was the dog, Sammy, who slept in the master bedroom and known to all the family as a real barker? She barked at us every time we went to visit. Not heard barking on that 911 call, Renee's Aunt Tony. And I asked her, well, why didn't Sammy bark? She said she did. I didn't take it any further than that because I knew she was lying. And Sammy barked at every stranger that came in, right? Right, she was a very protective dog. And very loud. Right. The fact that you don't remember hearing Sammy bark till you heard your mom scream and there were shots, does that mean the dog knew or was familiar with the person in the house? Maybe. I never even thought about that. For months, police consider Renee the only viable suspect. If they would actually just open up their eyes and do their job in the first place, maybe they would have gotten other evidence. Maybe they would have found something else right away instead of lollygagging around and pointing the finger at me. And that's exactly what happened. Ten months after the murders, police did find someone else that no one in the family had ever heard of. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. I didn't understand why they were pointing their finger at me. Just weighed on me so much. For 10 months, police kept Renee on the hot seat for the murder of her parents. But then, investigators discovered a new, completely unexpected suspect. Ron Santiago, 
a mortgage loan processor for countrywide home loans. Being able to help someone buy their first home, to own their own home, was a great feeling. Back in 2006, Santiago was a model citizen with no record, a hardworking married man with a young stepdaughter. He was such a good um, father figure to my daughter, and, and uh, just we clicked. Ron's former wife, Martha. Uh, he liked helping people. What do you mean helping people? Um, Close loans, um, just anything to do to get a, you know, a smile on their face. At the time of their murders, the Olamachers were working with Santiago and Countrywide to refinance their home. But the loan was in limbo after Santiago says he told the couple they would not be getting cash back. They were very disappointed when I told them that. Were they upset about that? Upset that they were, you know, not happy with the situation. Soon after giving the Olamachers the bad news about their loan, Santiago says he heard they'd been murdered. I was shocked. I mean, I was disturbed. You cried? Yes, ma'am. When I heard that, it, it, it hurt. It was sad. But Ron had little time to dwell on it, because in 2005, business at Countrywide was booming. We're one of the hottest markets in, in the Southwest. Business was so hot and heavy that Santiago was having trouble keeping up. It was a pressure cooker. I've taken loan applications on holidays, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You're open 24-7. He was just really overwhelmed, really stressed out. He couldn't sleep. Martha says her husband appeared near a breaking point. It was right about the time of the Olamaca murders. He was just always in panic, you know, like panic mode that he was going to lose his job. Did he really worry about getting fired? He did, all the time. But by early 2006, as the Olamaca murders receded from the headlines, Santiago rallied. That's when Catherine Howard and her husband met him as they went shopping for a home refinancing. Ron was described to me as someone that was extremely helpful, that could get the job done, probably one of the best in the business. And what did Ron tell you about getting a loan? He said we were pre-approved. And Santiago delivered. He gave the Howards two countrywide checks totaling more than $240,000. The only trouble was the bank called and said the checks were fake. And I said, excuse me? The Howards immediately went to Countrywide, where they were shocked to learn their loan had not been processed. Catherine's head was spinning, but everything was about to get even more surreal. Within a few minutes of being there, the Secret Service called. Ron had turned himself into the Secret Service. It sounded incredible, but it was true. June 2006, Santiago had walked into a Secret Service office in downtown Albuquerque, the agency that investigates bank fraud, and admitted he'd forged the checks he had given to the Howards. Why would you choose to write the counterfeit checks? I just wanted more time to to get it done for these folks. I did it to stall for time to get it done. If that sounds irrational, it somehow made sense to Santiago. And he seemed very torn up about it the day he turned himself into Brian Nguyen, 
who was then the Secret Service agent on duty. Just say, I, I've done something horrible, I've done something really bad, I, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. He just looked really distraught and he just kept saying, my life is over, my life is over. During questioning, Santiago became so overwrought that Nguyen made arrangements for him to be admitted to the psychiatric ward of a local hospital. I've never done anything illegal in my life. To do something that was stupid and lose everything because of that stupidity, it's very emotional. There's something about him that just didn't make sense. Agent Nguyen soon got a call from Catherine Howard, who remembered something disturbing that happened the morning she and her husband were to get those checks. The day that we were going to pick up the checks, um, my ex-husband called me and said, there's something wrong with the truck. We took the vehicle in. When the technician put it up in the air, he found this brake line was cut. Okay, once this brake line is cut, there was no more brakes on the vehicle, period, front or rear. Although she had no proof, Catherine was convinced that Santiago cut the brake line that morning. This guy tried to kill us. I, I mean, that was my gut reaction. I didn't cut this. I didn't cut anything. I would never do anything like that. You just never know of a person what they might be capable of. Forged checks, a mysterious cut brake line. Agent Nguyen kept digging and soon found out that Santiago's previous clients, the Olamakers, had been murdered and no one had been arrested. The cops told the agent one other key fact. The weapon most likely used in the Olamaker homicide uh, was a 9mm Ruger. And when Nguyen learned that Santiago had once owned a 9mm Ruger, his forgery case suddenly morphed into a full-fledged homicide investigation. Nguyen and a police detective raced to the psychiatric ward of the hospital, where they interviewed Santiago for two hours. That interview was recorded. He went to the Olamakers and he ended up shooting him. Sir, I did not hurt anybody. You were there. Sir, I was not there. I didn't shoot anybody. I didn't shoot anybody. At the very same time that Santiago was being interrogated, Albuquerque police were searching his home. And there, in a bag in his garage, they say they found one spent 9mm shell casing that matched the four shell casings found in the bedroom where the Olamakers were killed. How did that shell casing end up in your bag? I mean, that's damaging, Ronald. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, and... No, it, that's the whole case. On June 15, 2006, 10 months after the Olamakers were killed, Ron Santiago was arrested and charged with their murders. Detectives were determined to connect Santiago to the missing murder weapon. You have a Ruger, and a Ruger's the gun that killed them. Where's the Ruger? You got rid of it, didn't you? That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. It's been hell. I was put in jail for 17 months on charges I've nothing to do with. And they set bail for me, six million cash only. But everything changed for Ron Santiago once defense attorneys Joseph Riggs and Natalie Bruce agreed to take his case and prepare for a trial. From the first time we met him, we knew that we had an innocent man. They quickly got bail reduced to a million dollars. I love you guys. Allowing Santiago's family to post the 10% bond. Still, being out of jail by no means meant his troubles were over because of what police found in Santiago's home. How important is that casing that was found in Santiago's bag in his garage? Oh, I think it's absolutely critical. District Attorney Carrie Brandenburg. He has that casing in his possession that was found in his home that we know was connected to the homicide. Why would he have that if he weren't involved in the homicide? And what happened to that 9 millimeter Ruger that Santiago admitted he once owned? So what happened to your 9 millimeter Ruger? I traded it. To whom? You know, we've been knocking heads for the last year and a half trying to remember. You don't happen to remember the name of the guy you give this 9 millimeter Ruger? Robert, but I don't remember a last name. It was just a simple, okay, that's great. And there's no paperwork, nothing to prove that you... That's my mistake, and I should have... A convenient mistake, according to Brandenburg. I mean, there's too many huge gaps in, in what he has to say, and the shell casing, to me, has not been explained. That shell casing, which looks like this, is incriminating, which is why the defense wanted to have it thrown out as evidence, arguing that the police obtained it as part of an illegal search. That began a six-year legal battle. It went all the way to the New Mexico Supreme Court, which finally ruled that the shell casing could be used as evidence against Ron Santiago. The defense is going to raise every single issue that they can, and they should, um, in order for, for the defendant to receive a fair trial. Riggs then turned his focus to what he says was a flawed police investigation. They stopped looking at some people that were very obvious suspects too soon. Specifically, this suspect. I think Renee killed her parents. She hated New Mexico. She hated her parents. It was her ticket out of New Mexico. Though police had long cleared Renee, in a surprising move in 2012, a prosecutor then working the case asked Renee to take a polygraph. What's your understanding of why they've asked you to do it? Uh, I've offered it before and it's never been done. A police detective administered the test. Do you know for sure who shot your parents in their bedroom? No. Is there something else you're afraid I'll ask you a question about? No. She didn't pass and she didn't fail. 
It was inconclusive. There's nothing of that you think that. I would not, I, I just there's nothing. Like I, why would I alter my story? New Mexico is the only state in the union, the only courts that allow polygraph because they've been proven to be inaccurate, invalid, and don't further the interests of justice. She did a polygraph at the request of your office. But you're trying to keep those results out? Because they aren't results. Because they say nothing about anything. But the DA lost that fight, so the jury will be allowed to hear about it. Jurors will not hear that Santiago pled guilty to forging bad checks because a judge ruled it was irrelevant to the murder charges. Nor would jurors hear about the tale of the cut brake lines. So in January 2014, more than eight years after the murders of Greg and Bernadette Olemacher, the trial of Ronald Santiago finally gets underway. All right, now please come up, Ms. Olemacher. Yet almost from the outset, the focus shifts dramatically to Renee. You appear to be nervous. Are you nervous? Yeah. Why are you nervous? Uh, I've never done anything like this before. I've never been in court. <laughs> The prosecution presents her as a victim. Have you experienced any psychological trauma because of the death of your parents? Oh, yeah. I definitely have some major PTSD. Renee's professed love for her parents is now expressed in tattoos on her body. This one is my mama's handwriting. It says, I love you eternally, mommy. And on her other arm... My mom and dad's signature... Mr. Riggs? But in his cross-examination, Santiago's lawyer spends hours focused on what he suggests are Renee's true feelings about her parents, those she wrote about as a teenager. What in the hell is happening to me in my mom's relationship? She makes me so angry. My dad, I don't know, he just doesn't like me. You didn't really like your parents. I did like them regardless of what my diaries say. But Renee has nothing good to say about her extended family that made her the target of their suspicions. And there's grandma. She even refuses to acknowledge her grandmother at the trial. That is my mom's mom. You won't even call her grandmother, will you? No. She's sitting in the back of the courtroom there. And you won't call her grandma? No. The defense also raises the mystery of Sammy the dog, Remember the notoriously noisy dog not heard barking when Renee called the police? She had just went silent. And I was afraid that that person had shot her too. That I was gonna go in there and she was gonna be dead too. But Sammy was far from dead when police arrived at the scene. Going up the stairs, we, were, um, we encountered a dog. Okay, and what was the dog doing? Uh, it was barking and growling at us. What did you guys do with the dog? I believe we had somebody mace the dog so that we could actually get to the top of the stairs. So why was Sammy quiet during the murders? The only reasonable explanation is Renee did something with the dog, put the dog in her room. But prosecutors say that's nonsense and charge the defense is simply trying to divert the jury's focus from the defendant, Ron Santiago, and that damning shell casing. I mean, you must think that someone planted it. That's the only other way. Either you That's, had that shell casing, which I did not. or someone put it there. It was put there.
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Ron Santiago was living under the weight of a double murder charge for nearly eight years. Most terrifying thing I don't think anybody can ever to go through. He remains adamant about one thing. I'm not guilty. I didn't do these crimes. I did not kill Mr. and Mrs. Olamacher. I did not kill them. State, you may call your next witness. Now with Renee Olamacher finally off the stand, prosecutors begin to focus their case against Ron Santiago. Your Honor, at this time I would offer Michael Haig as an expert in forensic firearm and tool mark examination. This portion of the cartridge casing is called the head. Michael Haig, a firearms expert, was asked to determine if the shell casing found in Santiago's gun bag was fired from the same gun used to kill Greg and Bernadette Olemacher. Haig goes deep into the metal to study and compare the microscopic markings on the shell casings found at the crime scene, labeled C1 through 4, with the one found in Santiago's gun bag, labeled C200. C200 on the left side. On the right side is C3 from the homicide scenes. We're going to zoom in little bit by little bit. We see the beginnings of some similarities. You get a nice impression here with another little guy above him, and then correspond that with another little guy above that. These are fantastic correlation marks between these objects. My conclusion is that C200 was fired by the same firearm as the one that was used to fire C1 through C4. The match is undeniable. Even Santiago seems convinced. I agree completely with, with his find. I mean, looking at the photographs, it matched the shell casings from the crime scene. Was it the same gun that fired that, the bullet? Yes. I mean, you have to admit, it looks like it's shot from the same gun. That's, that's damaging. That's right. That, that's why we had to raise the suspicion about how that single shell casing got in that bag. Riggs wants the jury to believe that police found more than four shell casings at the crime scene. But you saw five or six shell casings. You documented it. You told everybody. Five or six. And I, you know what? If I was off by one, I was off by one. And Riggs suggests that one extra shell casing could have been planted in Santiago's gun bag. Detective Carl Ross. He zeroes in on Detective Carl Ross 
the investigator who led the search of Santiago's house in June of 2006. Investigators took over 100 photographs documenting their search. We found a bag with ammunition and a casing in the garage. That bag was filled with gun oil, live ammunition, and pens. The police began photographing the contents, and each photo is digitally time-stamped, detailing the exact moment each one was taken. And the time on that? 11.29. In this photograph, we do not see a shell casing there. Detective Ross, time please. 11.31. They take it even closer. We don't see a shell casing there at the bottom of this bag. But then, at 11.31, the photography of the gun bag is interrupted. And when it resumes 10 minutes later, at 11.41, those pens are gone. And instead... The very next picture shows a shell casing and gauze. Riggs hopes the jury will wonder why that shell casing suddenly appeared. Having a 10-minute, unexplained, undocumented period of time makes the planting of the shell casing plausible. That's baloney. Ridiculous, says Prosecutor Cheryl Johnston. If you're going to plant evidence, why would you take pictures with it not being there and then a picture with it being there? You don't believe that at all? No, absolutely not. What Johnston finds suspicious is Santiago's missing 9mm Ruger. The defendant won't take the stand. I think I had the Ruger for two to three years. So she shows the jury what he told 48 Hours in 2008 when we asked about the gun. I traded it. To who? Robert, but I don't remember a last name. It was just a simple, okay, yeah, that's great. That's just not credible, says Johnston. The defendant got rid of it because he used it in a crime. She reminds the jury that Santiago learned a lot about the Olamakers when he worked on their home loan. There was plenty of evidence that he was deeply involved with the Olamakers. He's been to their house. But why would he kill his customers? Prosecutors say Santiago promised the couple cash from a home loan that was stalled, and he panicked. It became clearer and clearer to us that the Olamakers expected money and that he was unable to deliver what he said he was going to deliver. Would you please raise your right hand? Prosecutors put neighbor Grant Martin on the stand. He testifies to hearing an angry Greg Olamacher threatening someone on the phone a mere 12 hours before his murder. What did you hear Greg say into the telephone? If there's not money put in my account by tomorrow, I am going to call the police. But Martin admits that he doesn't know who was on the other end of the phone. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And defense attorney Riggs, in his closing argument, says the state's case doesn't make sense. If you don't like the service you're getting at a mortgage company, you don't call them up and say, if you don't give me my money by tomorrow, I'm going to call the cops. They would laugh at you. As he has done the entire trial. Let's test Renee's 911 call. Riggs returns to his favorite topics, Renee and the family dog, Sammy Joe. This is 911. Where is your emergency? I think they were shot. When Renee's on that phone to 911, the dog ought to have been going nuts. Dog's going to be all over it. 
Are you out of the closet? Yeah, I just saw my parents, Sam. Go to the front door. The officer's waiting for you. She said, I called for Sammy. Sammy, come come here. We got to go downstairs. Listen to the 911 tape. She didn't call for Sammy. It didn't happen. Why would she tell you it did? She's not telling the truth. But, but the state there. gets so the last word. But enough about Renee. And that's when prosecutor Jason Yamato finally offers the jury a motive for why this seemingly mild-mannered mortgage loan processor would kill the Olamakers. Defendant had a relationship with Greg and Bernadette that was not going well. Defendant made $90,000 a year. He killed the Olamakers to protect that $90,000 a year job. The defendant is guilty of these crimes, and that's before we even get to the casing. The same casings that were used to kill the oil lockers fired from the same gun. It's crystal clear. The defendant's guilty of every single count in this indictment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I was terrified. I mean, just sitting there waiting, just waiting is, it just tears you apart. During the more than month-long trial in this Albuquerque courtroom, three dozen witnesses testified. 800 pieces of evidence given to jurors. Now, eight years after the Olamakers were murdered, Ronald Santiago's fate is in the hands of the jury. This was a case we put our heart and soul into for seven and a half years. Everything that we had worked for could have been a success or an utter and complete failure. I was prepared for the worst. And what was the worst? Guilty. And going to prison for how long? Forever. I would never get out. It was a life. It was a life sentence. I said, don't be surprised. If, you, if you're convicted, they handcuff you immediately. Three days pass with no word. And then... Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, has the jury arrived at verdicts in this matter? The judge read through the counts. Will uh, Mr. Santiago please stand? Time stopped. I couldn't breathe. Um, we find uh, the defendant not guilty of, of count one. Count, please. We find the defendant not guilty of, of count two. The second degree, not guilty. We find the defendant not guilty of aggravated... What were you thinking at that moment, Ron? We find the defendant not guilty My mind went, I don't know, 
blank. I didn't know what to think. I mean, did I go into a state of shock? I think I'm still in a state of shock. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your service uh, in this matter. Outside the courtroom, a clearly emotional Santiago <laughs> savored the not guilty verdict he had hoped for with supporters, friends, and his extended family. It's been a long way. But I am very happy that <laughs> the truth has come out and I did nothing. I had no part in this. Hours after his acquittal, surrounded by his own close family, Santiago paused in remembrance. I want you guys to please keep in your hearts, in your prayers, the Vigo family and the Olamacher family. They, they, they suffered more than I could ever suffer. But far from relieving their suffering... I was stunned. I was speechless. Santiago's acquittal has been yet another shock for Bernadette's sister, Jessica Montoya, and others in the family. He shot my sister. He shot my brother-in-law. He took my family away. To this day, Bernadette's own sisters believe both Ron Santiago and Renee Olemacher were somehow in it together. I totally believe that Renee was involved. But surprisingly, this man no longer does believe that. After pointing the finger at Renee throughout the trial... You really didn't like your parents, did you? Listen to what defense attorney Riggs says now. I came to a conclusion at the end of the trial that Renee did not kill her parents. I think Renee knows who did. But for some reason, she can't tell. But if you don't think Renee actually killed her parents, is that fair, what you do in the trial? Didn't this trial kind of victimize her again? There's two reasons why she put herself in that position. But, I mean, but yeah. you put her in that position, too. We, we followed the evidence that the state gave us. I can't remember someone in my entire career who did more things to make themselves look guilty than Renee. Renee now lives in Washington State and uses a different last name. She declined to comment on the verdict, but her attorney says she's upset with the acquittal. When Renee last spoke to 48 Hours, Santiago was awaiting trial and out on bail. What bugs me is that he's living a normal life. He's got a family. I don't have a home to go back to because of him. When's the last time you talked to Renee? In March of 2006. She has lost virtually everything. She lost her parents. She lost her family. She was not treated well as a suspect. She was not treated well in trial. There are people that will probably think that she always had something to do with it, despite the fact that there's no evidence. Ironically, it's the same future Santiago predicts for himself. I don't think I ever will have that true feeling of being innocent or free. I'm the person that got away with that in a lot of people's eyes. It doesn't matter. I will always be guilty. Santiago's attorney says he believes the killer is still out there. 
I would love to see the Albuquerque Police Department take another look. But do you believe that will happen? No, no. I mean, the, the, the police will never admit mistakes. Was there justice? The justice depends on who you ask. If you're the one that's charged and you're acquitted, then you think there's justice. If you're the one that has two family members brutally murdered in their bedroom, then there probably isn't. Albuquerque police say the case is now closed. They have no other leads or suspects. Renee is working for a dog walking business. The family dog, Sammy Joe, passed away a year after the murders. Ron Santiago lives in Albuquerque with his parents and is looking for a job. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, the double life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, the double life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.